Hey, what's up? Welcome to Mix in America. Uh, my name is Josh Cohen. Uh, if you've been watching this season, I've had a lot of different guests, but today I want to talk a little bit about uh, just just me. No guests today, just me talking a little bit about some things that I've been thinking, feeling um, just this last week. If you don't know, well, of course you know, but um, of the shooting of Dante Wright in Brooklyn Center, Minnesota. Um, this podcast was started uh, really after the death of George Floyd uh, in Minneapolis, South Minneapolis. So, you know, I consider Minneapolis my home. You know, we're 15 minutes from 15, 20 minutes from downtown. Um, you know, South Minneapolis is on the other side. So, you know, it's a half an hour away from where I live in my city. It hit home um, really like never before. Um, the whole racism and the racial tensions in our country right now hit home like never before uh, with the death of George Floyd. And then right now downtown, there is a trial going on for Derek Chauvin, the former officer who killed George Floyd. And during this, um, there's a death of another black man in the hands of police, um, this time even closer to where I live. Brooklyn Center is two towns over. Brooklyn Park and Brooklyn Center. It's, I mean, I grew up in Brooklyn Park, Brooklyn Center. My my parents grew up in Brooklyn Center. My grandparents' um, houses are still there. My mom's parents aren't alive anymore. My aunt lives in their house. Um, but my dad's parents are actually like three, four blocks away, maybe a little bit more, but from from where Dante Wright was killed. And so this is even closer to home for me. Um, you know, the the city's. The, they did a whole like countywide curfew the first couple nights because of protests and stuff, um, and then as you know as time went on, they had just like kind of the cities had curfews, and it was my cities. Osseo still had a curfew because um, it's just a town on Brooklyn Park, Brooklyn Center, obviously, and then Champlin, where I grew up, where my parents live, is actually where the officer who killed Dante Wright is from. Um, so this one hits way closer to home. Than, than even George Floyd's death did. Um, so this one obviously hit me hard, hit me heavy. Um, we went with a group from the church um, a day or two later um, to the memorial site for prayer, um, just a, a group of staff members. We went and prayed. I will talk a little bit specifically about this incident because this one seems, all the facts seem to be out pretty quick. I think City of Brooklyn Center probably handled it better than Minneapolis, definitely better than Minneapolis did. Um, when George Floyd died, but um, this case was, uh, Dante Wright was 20 years old. He was, um, apparently, what I've read is that he, he had been charged um, with possession of marijuana a couple of years ago, I think when he was only 18. Um, and during COVID, you know, virtual visits and, and things that he was supposed to do, um, apparently didn't keep up on that. Um, maybe couldn't pay, forget exactly all the details, but so the warrant was, it was issued for, for his arrest. Um, but a lot of it kind of happened during COVID. So it's a, I just, maybe it's not that important. I think the details like that are important one, because we're not exaggerating. Um, it's, it's important to not exaggerate like the, I don't want to say the innocence of it, but like the when you know when immediately people are like, oh, he had no, he had a warrant, so then they want to try to justify that he was killed because he was a criminal, and I just think it's really important to understand what the warrant was for and how he kind of got into this position, um, not to you know excuse drugs or like you know getting in in these situations when you're 
you know, if he was like 18 when this happened, that's still pretty young to be making these kind of decisions. Um, but uh, he was pulled over. He thought it was because of an air freshener hanging from his rearview mirror, which is what he told his mom. We got on the phone, which is why that was what kind of circulated on social media is that he was killed over an air freshener. Uh, he wasn't killed over the air freshener. In fact, he wasn't pulled over for the air freshener. He was pulled over for tabs. And again, not a reason to die. Um, but apparently the tabs were expired and he had a warrant. The police say that he got back into, he had gotten out of the car. They they asked him to get out of the car. He went back into the car because um, if, if, he was fleeing or if they thought he was going to maybe grab a gun or something. I don't know. He didn't have a gun in the car. There was no other weapon on, on scene. And he was shot. When he was shot, they did release the body cam footage right away. The officer, former officer that shot him, um, you can hear her say taser. I didn't watch the video. I, this is what I heard. I, I don't want to watch it. Um, but that she says it's a taser. She thinks it's a taser. It appears that she thinks that she pulls out her taser. She pulls out a gun. I'm not a cop. I don't know the situation. I don't know how easy or how difficult it seems very difficult for me to mistake the two. Um, from what I've seen and heard, I, I don't know. But I also think it's maybe even more difficult to make that kind of decision uh, in to make the decision to go the other way. So I think it's it's. I don't know how hard it is to mistake in a heightened situation like that to mistake your gun for your taser. But I would assume in a heightened situation like that, it'd be really hard to consciously make the decision that I'm going to pretend like I think I'm grabbing my gun or grabbing my taser, but I really grab my gun um, and then shoot him thinking it's a taser. And to in that moment, shout out taser. I don't know. To me, that seems hard also. Um, I don't think... So I think she probably did make a mistake. I don't know how you do that in that situation. I don't. I think that means she probably wasn't trained right. I know she'd been an officer for over 25 years. I don't know how um, that happens. I, I don't know. Maybe there was extra fear because um, maybe she was afraid of a black man. Maybe because of the racial tensions right now, the situation was even more heightened um, about, about this black man. None of this is to excuse uh, any of it. Um, I, I think even the most, um, I'm not even going to say what political party or, or sides of politics. I don't think this needs to be a political thing. I don't think this should be a Republican or Democrat thing. Um, but whatever side you lean on, um, I think you can admit that this is horrible and this was wrong and he shouldn't have been killed, uh, over a pretty minor, um, offense, um, regardless of whatever else, you know, I saw picture people posted pictures of him with a gun at some point in his life or something like, I, I just don't think that matters. Um, at the end of the day, a life was lost. Um, and I absolutely grieve and mourn with those who mourn. The Bible tells us to, to mourn with those who mourn. Um, I think regardless of the situation, it, it would be sad, but I think this specific situation is, is really sad. My heart does go out to the officer, and I know some people don't even want to do that, but um, if she made an honest mistake, that that's horrible. She has to live the rest of her life now um, that she killed someone, and that's tough. If she um, you know, had racial intentions, I, I, feel, I feel for her family, for other officers, for good officers. I just watched a video today that was like, the nobody hates a bad cop more than a good cop. Um, I, I feel really bad for good cops right now. I think it'd be tough to do that job. Um, 
I'm a little off track here, but this is kind of just my thoughts and feelings. First and foremost, I'm sharing my thoughts and feelings of this of this most recent killing of Dante Wright right here. Um, like I said, I mean, it's, you know, I said George Floyd was killed half an hour from where I live, 25 minutes. Um, this is more like five to 10 minutes um, where Dante Wright was killed. The intersection um, off of 63rd is right not not far at all um, from where I live and where I work and, and go to church and go to school and grew up. Um, I saw this Monday morning, uh, last Monday morning, I saw that he was killed um, and kind of read a little bit, but I didn't, I didn't, I didn't go into much because honestly there wasn't a lot of information at that time and it was a lot of uh, rumors and opinions and stuff and I didn't want to go into that. So I waited. Um, I thought about kind of scrapping the podcast that I had scheduled to go out that day um, for a more reactionary one right away about what just happened. But I decided one, that one was really good. But two, I didn't want to just react. I wanted to take the time to think about it, to kind of uh, figure out my thoughts um, so that's why I waited a week to talk about it. But then also, um, that morning I just posted like I, on my social media again, not, maybe it doesn't matter. Uh, maybe people aren't paying attention to what I'm saying, but I, I want to say something. I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what to do. Um, again, not having a lot of information, but even without the information, I knew, uh, grieving for the loss. And I just, you know, tweeted out praying for my city of broken center and got a response from somebody I don't even know that was like, haha, thoughts and prayers. And that's, it's not the first time I've ever heard somebody downplay thoughts and prayers after a tragedy. You see a lot of people post thoughts and prayers, talk about thoughts and prayers, and then a lot of people downplaying that and saying thoughts and prayers aren't enough. When are we going to actually do something? So I want to talk about thoughts and prayers. First of all, let's talk about thoughts. Keep your good thoughts. I don't really care. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't mean to downplay or disrespect um, good thoughts. I, I think... So, you know, it's nice to know somebody's thinking about you or supporting you, right? But I don't care much about thoughts. Thoughts don't mean much to me. But that second word, prayers, is extremely important. And yes, the most important thing you can do is pray. You should pray immediately. Your first action should always be prayer. Um, prayer is hugely important. And if there are people listening to this, watching this, who don't believe in in God, don't believe in prayer, um, then that's fine. But I, I have to share that this, this is important to me. I absolutely believe in the power of prayer. Now, maybe just posting the word prayer uh, and not actually praying probably doesn't do a whole lot, but, but prayer is important. And that's what we need more of in this, in this country, in this world, uh, more than anything. We need to pray. I believe in the power of prayer. I believe in, let's be honest. I, I'm a Christian. I believe in God. I believe in angels and demons and the devil as well. I believe in spiritual warfare. The Bible says that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness of these air. There are actually, there absolutely are spiritual things going on that we don't understand, that we don't see, that we don't know, that we don't understand. Um, I, you know, in the last, you know, year and a half, couple of years, like everybody else, have been through some stuff uh, and made me question a lot of things and, um, you know, yeah, made me question God and get mad at God and, and question prayer. And is it important? Um, you know, there's people in my life that we've prayed for that have still died. And so it made me question a lot. But but honestly, I think where I'm at right now is the I believe in the importance of prayer more than ever because I believe in the spiritual more than ever. Um, and again, if you don't believe in God, um, or maybe you kind of believe in God, but you think the the whole spirit realm, angels and demons things gets a little weird, uh, then I'm sorry. Um, maybe this one isn't for you. Maybe you just want to hear me out a little bit too, because 
Um, I've always believed in this, you know, all my life being raised in the church, but, but I think I maybe downplayed it as well too. Like, like that's kind of weird over there. Um, but the recent events, like I said, the last year and a half or so have made me, um, and I don't know, I don't have all the answers. I'm all figured out, but really understand the importance of prayer and the spiritual realm and doing battle in the spiritual realm and spiritual warfare. Um, I believe it's real more than ever now. And I believe that prayer is absolutely important. And, um, you know, we can elect people and we can promote policies and we can, um, absolutely, you know, help out our neighbors in need. Um, you know, I've seen, you know, a lot of, you know, food drives and things for Brooklyn center. Um, you know, if you believe in something enough, then I believe in protesting, um, peacefully, obviously, but I believe in, in standing up for what's right, but, but don't ever downplay prayer. Uh, it, to somebody else and in your own life, don't ever say, well, all I'm doing is praying. Praying is not an all you can do. It's, it's, it's not just a side note or a afterthought. It should be your first response in every situation. And prayer is important. That's why we went with a group from our church to pray at that site because, you know, I, I thought about, would we just go down there just to go down there? A lot of people go down there to, to pay their respects. Um, and I'm not disrespecting that at all, but but we went down there to pray. We went down there not just to get an Instagram post, not just to to talk about it or say we went there or check off some box, but to pray. And I believe that that prayer makes a difference. And I believe that prayer makes a difference. And I believe that uh, in, in Brooklyn Center right now, in the Twin Cities, in Minneapolis, in Minnesota, in America, we need more prayer. We need prayer now more than anything to heal racial tensions, to to bring pre- peace and unity to our city, to to protect people, to help people. Um, I absolutely believe in the power of prayer. And that's so, so incredibly important. Um, but, but understand this, the Bible also says in James that faith without works is dead. We can pray all we want and have faith all we want and have thoughts and prayers. But if we don't do anything, uh, this says, what's the point, right? Literally, it says it in the Bible. What's the point of thoughts and prayers if you don't do anything? Um, this says, you know, if a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, depart in peace, be warm and filled, but you do not give them the things which they are needing for the body, what does it profit? Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe there is one God, you do well. Even the, demon, even the demons believe and tremble. So belief in God, faith in God, thoughts and prayers are nice, but it's not enough. And I say that again, understanding I know the power of prayer. I believe in the power of prayer, right? I believe in the spiritual warfare, the spiritual realm. I believe in the darkness um, that, that, I, that I honestly feel on the Twin Cities right now since the death of George Floyd during the Chauvin trial, this death of Dante Wright, I can feel that spiritual darkness absolutely um, believe in in the only thing that's going to lift that is prayer. But prayer is the most important, but it's not the only thing. And we have to be able to do more. We have to, um, you know, feed and clothe our neighbors. We have to be able to actually love people. Um, it's, it's so important to have not just faith, but also works. And not just pray, but also do. And actually, I was thinking about this uh, really since right after 
um, the death of Dante Wright, I was thinking about this prayer and how important is that and the other things I've experienced in my life, which maybe we'll talk about another time, but but that idea of how important is prayer, does prayer actually do anything and do we pray or do we do something or do we do both or do we need prayer if we do something or do we need to do something if we pray? And I was thinking about this and actually um, Pastor Dustin Sherry, who's the youth pastor at our church, recently my wife and I have been kind of volunteering helping at the youth group and he preached this message on Wednesday and he started out with the story of Gideon. And I'm not going to read you the whole story of Gideon, um, essentially because I, I don't think we need to read the whole thing. Uh, and again, if you're not a Christian, don't believe in the Bible, this might not mean anything to you. Um, but I'm not trying to preach a sermon, but if you don't believe in the Bible or prayer, then you might have, you probably already tuned out and aren't listening and aren't watching now anyway. So I feel like I can take the time to kind of preach a little bit here, but he was talking about the story of Gideon. And it was funny because I, I was thinking about this already. And he started talking about the story of Gideon. And what Gideon says to this angel that appears to him is extremely similar <laughs> to what a lot of us have been saying the last year and a half. Um, what I personally have said to to my friends, to my family, to, to pastors, to God himself um, in prayers, conversations that I've had with God have been almost identical to what Gideon says to the angel right here. He says, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this been happening to us? And where are all his mercies, which our father told us, which our fathers told us about? Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Is that not a prayer that a lot of you have probably said, um, this last year and a half, two years, um, I know I have. Where are you, God? Yeah, I've heard about all this great stuff in the past, but but where are you now? Because uh, our fathers, our grandfathers, we've we've read the stories, we've heard about the great moves of God in the past, we've heard about um, all these good things, but it, it seems like we're not seeing it right now. What Pastor Dustin pointed out in this in his message on Wednesday, which go back and watch it if you haven't seen it yet. I, I posted the other day that I thought that was the best message, I've, maybe the best message I've ever heard. Um, and I, I don't think I'm exaggerating. I think this is exactly what you need to hear right now. So I'm not going to preach the whole message. I'm going to let you go back and listen to it uh, on the youth YouTube page, or um, I posted links to it on my Facebook and YouTube, uh, my Facebook and, and Instagram too, if you want to, you want to find it. But, but what he said there is that if you know the story of Gideon, if you don't, let me tell it to you quick or let me remind you if you do. Um, but, but God then rises Gideon up to to fight for his people and to free his people. And Gideon raises up an army and then they fight and they earn their freedom. And what he pointed out here was that Gideon was the answer to his own prayer. And so I was actually thinking about this already um, and that just blew me away. But I was thinking when I was kind of preparing for to talk about this and this, because I knew I was going to talk about thoughts and prayers and the importance of prayer. Um, but But God uses people, right? Um, a lot of, a lot of our prayers are going to be answered through people. A lot of your prayers are going to be answered, uh, by people. Um, I might have the answer to your prayer. God might use you to answer my prayer, right? Maybe it's, maybe it's something financial, right? God's going to most likely, he's going to use somebody to bless you financially, either sort of give you money or, or a job or a better way to handle a situation. He's going to use people, right? If you're feeling lonely, He's going to use people to come in your life. If you're feeling sick, a lot of times he uses doctors. I think we downplay doctors a lot. 
Um, but that's that's what God uses. Right? God uses people in our lives. Um, I don't know the exact percentage of it because I, I believe in angels in the spiritual realm, like I said, but a lot of your prayers are going to be answered by people, which is why it's so important to treat people right and have relationships and community and all that. Um, not preaching that sermon today, but but God uses people. And sometimes you, and this is why it's so important that you listen to God and do what he says and why I need to listen to God and do what he says, because not just for my own life and for my own benefit, but because God might be telling me to do something that answers your prayers, or God might be telling you to do something that would answer my prayers. And it's so important to allow God to move in your life and to do what he says, because you are probably answering someone else's prayers. And you, someone that's waiting for God to move, to do something in their life, a lot of times they're actually waiting on somebody else to obey God to do that, right? I don't know how all of it works, uh, just kind of working through these thoughts right now as, as thinking about Dante Wright and other things in my personal life. And I think a lot of times God is using, wants to use us to answer someone's prayer. And in this story of Gideon, God uses Gideon to answer his own prayers. So that makes me think when we're talking about thoughts and prayers, maybe you are the answer to your own prayers. I believe after a tragic situation, I believe in any situation, really, the Bible says to pray without ceasing, to always pray. I believe to pray. But I think sometimes in your prayer, God's going to tell you to do something. That's He's going to have you actually do something. So while you're praying about it and, and, and you're saying, God, we need this, we need that, whatever, he's going to stir something in your heart and he's going to tell you, you do it. I need you to do something. I need you to go answer that prayers. Maybe you're praying for, for the city of Brooklyn Center and you're praying for unity or for, for racial tensions and maybe God is going to tell you that you need to, to run for city council or that you need to put together a community group that helps um, with relations between the community and the police. Um, maybe God is telling you to have conversations with people. Maybe God is telling you to start something, to do something, to write a book, to make a movie um, that that will help answer those prayers. I just love that that Dustin pointed this out, that Gideon was an answer, that Gideon was the answer to his own prayers. And I think sometimes we'll pray about a situation and God will use somebody else to answer that prayer. So maybe um, God tells you to pray or you just, you don't need to wait for God to tell you to pray. Uh, when something happens, pray. Uh, so you're praying and maybe your prayers will stir something in my heart. God will tell me to do something or I'll pray and it'll stir something in you or this person over there and they'll start an organization and they'll, um, you know, they'll do a protest or they'll write a bill and they'll pass a law or they'll do this over here or, um, you know, it'll change this person's heart or whatever that is. Um, and sometimes your prayer will do that for me, but sometimes I think God will just tell you when you pray, okay. I got an answer for you. You rise up. You do this. You run for that. You create that. Uh, this podcast, uh, I think, it is is definitely an answer to my prayers uh, in a way where it may not be a big thing, but this is one small thing that I can do 
Um, and you know what? There's probably a lot more that I can do and I'm going to keep praying and, and God might tell me uh, to do something else. And I'm going to, I'm going to listen. I'm going to try. I don't always listen, but, but that's the goal. Right. Um, so then, so maybe there's something else that I can do. And, but I know for at least right now, um, for the last year that it's been right since the death of George Floyd, almost a year, this podcast was something that I could do, um, to, to get my thoughts out, to get, uh, conversations with other people, to get the conversations going, to get people to maybe, um, think about, talk about stuff they hadn't before. Um, I think we can all, what God will tell all of us to do is to have an impact on the people around you. Everybody wants to change the world, but let's start with changing your own world. Who around you can you have conversations with? Can you help? Um, can you learn and grow with? How can you educate yourself, change things within your own heart, but then also how can you help the people around you and learn and grow? And again, everybody wants to change the world, but but how many of us actually take the time? The way to change the world is to change your world first. The way to have an impact on the world is to impact your world. And as everybody impacts their world, right? We have all these circles coming out, right? And eventually they all hit. And that's how everybody gets reached um, is by you reaching your world, impacting your world. So again, I absolutely believe in the power of prayer. It's important. I believe in angels and demons and God and the devil and doing battle in spiritual realm. I, I will encourage you over and over again to pray, to pray in the spirit. If you're not filled in the Holy Spirit, that's a different conversation for a different time. But there's a big difference between praying in your understanding and what you know and in your own power and praying uh, with the Spirit's help and in, in praying in tongues and, and praying um, in, in the power of the Spirit and beyond your understanding. That's huge. Uh, I'm not going to go into that right now. Uh, maybe I will. Maybe it'll take a little bit of time um, because enough people have probably already checked off if you think I'm weird. Um, if you think spiritual stuff is weird, you probably already stopped listening. So let me talk a little bit about about the Spirit and knowing the Spirit and following the Spirit and and His leading and praying in the Spirit. Um, it's hugely important. Uh, maybe I'm not going to go too deep into it because it's it's really more of a better um, conversation to have, asking questions. But it's absolutely important to be filled with the Holy Spirit, to pray um, in un in to pray in tongues and to pray in beyond your understanding. And it might sound weird. And, um, but I was raised in a church that believed in the power of prayer more than anything. And that taught me to pray in tongues and taught me to be filled with the spirit. Um, you know, you look in the Bible, it talks about in the new Testament, um, people that were saved and then filled with the spirit after they believed, um, you know, and, and I, that's how the early church was launched by the power of the Holy spirit. Um, I don't know why, you know, there are people that say that, that tongues aren't for today, that the Holy Spirit helped launch the early church and then went away. doesn't make sense to me why God would give them this power to launch the early church, but then not let that power sustain the church growth and the church beyond that. Um, it doesn't make sense to me. Maybe if, if you think that way, you can explain to me um, why you think tongues isn't for today. Um, but if you're a Bible-believing Christian, then read the New Testament. Uh, tongues are important. The Spirit is important. That that filling of the Holy Spirit uh, is hugely important. I did a video about how um, a while back about how it's like receiver gloves in the NFL. Um, it's extra power. Uh, you don't need uh, to pray in tongues to get to heaven, but being filled with the Spirit is absolutely an extra power that is super helpful, like receiver gloves. You don't need to wear those gloves. If you want to try to catch with your bare hands, that's cool, but it's a 
That's a very legal option in the NFL that really helps you a lot in catching football. So um, I think it'd be pretty stupid to turn down the receiver gloves. Um, and I think it'd be pretty stupid, to be honest, to turn down the Holy Spirit when um, the Bible, Jesus calls it a free gift. If you're, you're a father on, on earth, would, would give you, um, wouldn't give you a stone if you ask for bread. Um, the Holy Spirit is a free gift like that, and he'll give it to anybody who asks. So um, I just think it's really important to understand praying in the Spirit makes your prayer so much more, uh, honestly, effective. Because when I pray in my understanding, I can pray what I know. Um, you know, in a situation like Dante Wright, uh, immediately right away, Monday morning, when I saw about it, there was very little that I knew. I knew that um, somebody died at the hands of police in my city. And I could pray for peace. I could pray for unity. Um, I could pray for comfort for for Dante's family, for the police officer's family. Again, not knowing any of these situations, there's stuff that I can pray for. But when you can pray in the spirit, beyond your understanding, you can pray for so much more. And so I just, I prayed in the spirit. And in my life, there's things that I know that I can pray for. But then there's also things that I don't understand, things that don't make sense, things about my future that I don't know yet, that plans that God has for me. Um, the Bible talks about praying out mysteries, it talks about, um, praying when the spirit, praying in the spirit when you don't know what to pray. So hugely important. Um, I, it's a, it's a big, long conversation, um, to maybe have another time, but I do want to take some time and encourage you, um, look into it, talk to me, talk to somebody. Um, if you, you know, pastor at your church or someone, or just reach out to me personally, if you don't have someone in your life that you can talk to about this, but absolutely believe in the power of the prayer. I absolutely believe in the power of prayer, especially praying in the spirit. Spirit-led prayer uh, is huge. It's important. Uh, I, th- I think I, I believe it more than ever now. Um, you know, I grew up as a Christian, but I always kind of lived my life, um, I guess, somewhat surface level. I mean, I always prayed. I always prayed in tongues. I always read my Bible. I always went to church. I believed in all that. Um, but I was kind of like, God doesn't need me. Um, and I didn't spend a lot of time focusing on the spiritual realm and the warfare, the battles that are going on in the spirit realm. Um, but with how the last year and a half has gone, um, I just believe that there's, there's spiritual battles out there and, and they need to be fought. And I don't know why God put it on us as humans to, to fight those battles, to pray, um, to command angels and demons. Um, I don't know, but I, I believe in it. And I believe that we need to do more. Um, I, I think in my own life, I've downplayed the devil and spiritual things um, into being a little cartoony and not taking it all that serious. But uh, I don't think I can live like that anymore. I don't think we as Christians can live like that anymore. I think we have to rise up and take the power that we have in the spiritual realm and pray. And again, sometimes what that means is when you pray, God will give you something to do in the natural. So we pray in the spirit, we do battle in the spiritual realm, and then God gives us stuff to do in the natural that will change things. And and not that you need God to tell you to help your neighbor and, and give to those in need, but he'll tell you things like that to give to those in need. He'll he'll tell you to maybe run for public office. He'll tell you to start a nonprofit. He'll tell you to um, even just have conversations with people over here, over there, or to write a book or to make a movie or to preach a sermon um, or create some videos on YouTube, launch a podcast um, to help. Maybe it, it just impacts a couple people 
Um, maybe, you know, millions of people don't watch it. It doesn't become the next big thing, but, but you can have an impact on those people around you. Like I said, we all want to change the world, but the way the world changes is by everyone changing our world. So I'm not going to worry about whether or not I can change the world. I'm going to worry about how I can change my world. I absolutely believe in the power of prayer, but I believe that in prayer, God will tell you to do something. And when God tells you to do something, it's going to be different for everybody else. We can't all do the same thing. We all have a different role to play in, in, in all of this and not just in racial tensions, not just in rebuilding our community, but in life, we have different roles to play to make this world a better place, which is why I can't tell you what you need to do. And you can't tell me what I need to do. We all need to have that conversation with God. When we pray, he'll tell us something to do. And when we do what God tells us to do, that's when we can have the impact that we can have. That's when we can do more than just prayer, even though I hate saying just prayer because prayer is so important and it's huge. But but the Bible even says faith without works and does. So prayer is not enough on its own. Pray, yes, do battle in the spiritual realm, but then listen for God to tell you to do something. And when God tells you to do something, do it. And you might, without knowing, you might be the answer to your own prayers. Just like Gideon was when he rose up that army, you might be the answer to your own prayers. Thanks for listening, for watching, and join me next week for the next episode of Mixed in America. Hey, thanks for watching my video. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, can you do three things for me? Can you like this video, subscribe to my channel, and tell your friends?